0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ukraine has struck at the heart of the Kremlin with a drone attack on Moscow yesterday. There are also plans for Ukraine to consult with the United States to secure security guarantees for Kiev until it completes the process of joining NATO. And there is talk of an international conference in Jeddah, which might. Uh, Point the way forward to some sort of peace deal. I'm joined now by Ukrainian Member of Parliament, Lesia Vasilenko. Good morning and welcome. And good morning. Uh, Ukraine does not confirm that it was responsible for those drone attacks on Moscow as part of their normal policy in this regard, but uh, I presume the people of Ukraine have no doubt.
1: Uh, Well, to be honest, I cannot confirm either, because there's no official confirmation coming from our Ministry of Defence, and this is the only body which can exactly say where the strikes were done and where they were not done. Uh, So at the moment, this confirmation is absent. But at the same time, if you ask me on a personal note, I would say that uh, Ukraine should have the right to strike the sources of where the attacks are being launched
0: from on the civilians of Ukraine. Mm. Well, uh, President Zelensky has says it is an inevitable, natural and absolutely fair process that uh, Russian territory should be attacked. And I, I don't think it, against the background of what Russia did to Ukraine that many people would disagree with that idea. Um, however, it could be either the enemy without for Russia, which is Ukraine, or perhaps the enemy within, and I'm not sure which is more disturbing for the Russians.
1: Uh, Well, you are absolutely right if you are referring to the recent coups by Prigozhin's army, the Wagner Group, and uh, some of the other elements of the Russian military which are speaking up against Putin. And there's no wonder that they are doing so, because if you look at the number of Russian casualties on the battlefield and the facts which are being leaked into the social media that there's no weapons to fight with, there's no ammunition, the food the Russian uh, soldiers are being uh, given out uh, is scarcely enough, and it's outdated. Uh, way past its uh, use by date. Uh, then, of course, under such conditions, uh, there's the, a the, 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 the reluctance to, to, to fight whatever fight, whatever war they're leading. But this mm-hmm. is a war of aggression. And again, going back to the position of President Zelensky and of the Ukrainian people, uh, Russian territory is being used as, as well as Belarusian territory for that matter, is being used as a launchpad of attacks uh, of drones, missiles, artillery, uh, which are destroying civilian targets inside of Ukraine. Just last night, there was uh, an air raid in the middle of the night uh, with um, some of the cities, Kharkiv, Sumy, uh, being hit eventually. And it's not the military targets which are being hit, but it's the energy infrastructure, it's the industrial infrastructure. So uh, if you ask me, we should have the right to strike back and to destroy the the military targets which are destroying and uh, set to destroy our civilian infrastructure.
0: So th- that would suggest that wherever these attacks on Russia come from, whether they're within or without, and um, that they will probably escalate to bring home to Russian people the reality of the war they have inflicted on Ukraine.
1: I don't know how much of that reality will sink into the Russian mindset, because you have to understand that the mindset of an average Russian person is one which has been affected by 20 years of non-stop propaganda, 20 years where the free media have been destroyed almost completely, well, completely actually by now, uh, where uh, they were subjects of a uh, very much centralized authoritarian ruler. uh, And under such conditions, I think that uh, much of the Russian population has lost touch with the objective reality and are living in this subjective, propagandistic bubble, which just says that, you know, they are fighting uh, for a righteous war of the liberation of the Ukrainian people, when in fact, if you cross over the border into Ukraine, there's uh, hardly, uh, you will find hardly one Ukrainian who will say, see the Russians as the liberators at the moment. At the moment, we see them as the aggressors, we see them as the criminals that they are, and we see them as the source uh, of evil that has destroyed our day-to-day peaceful lives.
0: Now, the, the question of uh, security guarantees, which Ukraine is seeking from the United States... In advance of its membership of NATO, which will take a while, and we know that there can be no membership of uh, NATO because there is the, it's not an automatic pledge, but it's a generally accepted pledge that should a NATO member be attacked, that other NATO members will defend, and therefore to do that in the middle of a war of aggression by Russia would automatically put NATO at war with Russia, which it does not want.
1: Um, If NATO does not uh, include Ukraine as a fully-fledged member, it will always live, uh, all the NATO member states will always live under this uh, heavy risk of uh, being at war with Russia. Uh, actually, I have said this many, many times uh, for for several years now, that uh, unless and until Ukraine is accepted uh, as a fully fledged member of NATO, uh, there will always be uh, something for Russia to fight for, not something but completely Ukraine to fight for. As soon as Ukraine is in the NATO community, that is it. There's that. Uh, there's the solution. There's there's no more struggle to be had. The whole uh, potential uh, and uh, uh, the full military potential of all the NATO countries combined is many times larger than Russia, and Russia would not dare strike, and also does not have the ability to strike, be it with the conventional weapons or with the nuclear weapons. Even the, the, the military experts within Russia are very much doubtful as to the state of the nuclear arsenal that Russia possesses today. Uh, we have to be considered, uh, considerable of the fact that uh, Russia is uh, a country very much uh, susceptible to, to the fact of corruption. Corruption in the military has been huge. Uh, a proof of that is actually uh, the fact that on the battlefield in Ukraine, they're not using sophisticated weapons they claim to, to have. They do not have enough of the ammunition. They do not have enough of the, uh, as I said, uniform food, even of the basic things that the military used to fight wars, uh, all because uh, the budgets which were allocated originally to the military were eventually, uh, uh, and in fact, uh, stolen uh, by by. Well, by, by various elements within the Russian system. Uh, and it is quite likely that uh, the same fate has um, <clears throat> espoused the, the nuclear sector of Russia. Mm. So this is something to be aware of as well. And I don't think that fear should be a factor when we are uh, trying to put down uh, an authoritarian regime, which is actually causing a never-ending risk to democracy and to long-standing peace. Now, I mean, uh, it's, all about, it's all about either a one-time big investment into the peace and security process or uh, having economies, not just Ukraine's economy, but NATO country economies, drained uh, year in, year out by this uh, long-term war of attrition and uh, protracted conflict.
0: Now, the counteroffensive, uh, which is underway, how successful is it? How can we know?
1: well uh, uh the ukrainian military is moving along we we have uh um different uh, uh, agglomerations of uh, municipalities villages, cities towns which are being liberated uh on on quite a sustainable basis uh but at the same time this also comes at a heavy price it comes at the price of the ukrainian military of the, the uh, casualties of war Civilian casualties of war as well, um, uh, the, the the soldiers who are coming back home wounded, sometimes uh, disabled for life. Uh, so, so we are in Ukraine very much aware of uh, the price that we are paying for our freedom and also for the freedom of the people who are today forced to live under Russian occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if we had more ammunition coming our way faster. Uh, we we could reach uh, the, the victory faster if we had uh, F-16s and all other kinds of the air defense elements that are required today. Again, uh, the counteroffensive and the freeing of uh, all of the territories of Ukraine would go much, much faster. But then this comes down to political decisions and this thesis that for some reason reigns in uh, many leaders' minds that we must not um, irritate Putin that we must not aggravate the situation. But the the, the issue to understand is that uh, Putin lives in his own world of a psychotic dictator and it's only Putin who decides when he feels aggravated or irritated, irrespective of uh, any actions taken on the ground by the Ukraine or our Western partners. And under such circumstances, it's only logical to make sure to provide all Kinds of resources to Ukrainians here on the ground, so we can fight this, the the Russian aggression as quickly as possible oh. and to bring an end to this as quickly as possible with all efficient measures.
0: Lesia Vasilenko, Ukrainian member of Parliament, thank you very much for joining us on the program. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.